You're listening to Pistons and Prosecco, a podcast dedicated to showcasing the awesome wedding vendors and providing a behind-the-scenes look at the wedding industry. I'm your host, Bryce Bjornsson, the owner of Jack's 47 Mobile Bar. We create a better experience for your guests by serving delicious drinks on draft with style. Today, we have Chelsea Hart with Intrigue Events. Chelsea, thanks for joining us. Let's start out. What's your favorite drink at the moment? Ooh, at the moment. Well, it's hot as can be in <laughs> Charleston right now. Um, so I would say some sort of like tequila cocktail. My go-to, too, even though it's like super lame, is a tequila soda. Yeah, so, come on, Chelsea. You gotta I know, go. It is super lame. Okay. I also, oh, so I've been doing tequila <laughs> Manhattans. Oh. And that is really tasty. Okay. So the okay. bitters and I use agave. Um, it's it's really really good. And some An orange slice, sweet vermouth. Sweet vermouth. Really? Yeah. Okay. I'll have to try that when I get back to. It's delicious. By the way, we're here in beautiful Charleston, South Carolina. Yes. So we're taking the podcast on the road. Um, so Chelsea, we <laughs> we normally ask about crazy wedding stories, but I think I'm going to go to the next question. We can get back to that. Okay. Okay. Um, so I always want to know, you know, how do you get started in this industry? Um, I feel like the wedding industry is kind of funky because a lot of people just say they can be a wedding photographer or a wedding planner. And so, it, you know, it's just one of those things where um, it can be saturated. And But I'm curious, how did you get started in this business? Yeah. Um... So I would say anyone who has like a passion, like try to go for it. Um, the Charleston and other markets and Asheville, like I'm sure as you know, uh, it can be an oversaturated market, but um, weddings was not ever on my radar. <laughs> um, whenever I decided that, you know, kind of transitioning over, um, my first company was actually a marketing uh, and graphic design company. I started it when I was a sophomore in college um, with a partner and I loved it. I love the creative aspect. I love the client. Um, integration and doing, um, being able to be creative, but then also having your weekends available and things of that nature. But we started doing product launches and grand openings for our clients. And that's kind of how the events took place. But we were outsourcing um, a lot of that to local planners. Um, our expectations maybe are a little higher than, than others. And so I decided and, and had a chat with our partner. I was like, we can do everything that we're requesting them to do. Let's kind of keep this in house. Um, and so we did, we started doing restaurant grand openings. We started doing um, openings for um, developers and contractors. Uh, and then if a new product would re release, we would do the grand opening for that or some sort of an event to showcase it. And one of our clients, um, a couple of years after we've been working with them, asked us to, or asked me to plan their wedding. And I was like, no, <laughs> I have never planned a wedding in my entire life. Uh, and they said, well, we trust you. You understand like what we're looking for in our dynamics. We've been working together forever. Um, and again, I reiterated, you know, I've never planned a wedding before. And so they're like, well, we want to give it a go. Would you be willing? So I said, yes, absolutely. Of course, I'll, I'll try. Um, and then they said, you have three weeks to plan this event. Um, and we want to do it in Atlanta. And I was in Hilton Head at the time. So I said, okay. So we drove up to Atlanta. We spent two weeks there. Um, we planned this amazing event. It was a very intimate affair for them. Uh, it was only about 40 people or so. Um, we did it at the W um, that's downtown Atlanta, and I just 
fell in love with how that felt in that whole process and being able to be a part of something that um, someone will remember obviously for the rest of their life. You know, it's one thing doing a corporate event or a social event, um, but the emotional aspect that is attached to weddings is extremely rewarding. So. So you did micro weddings before they I were in hip. I know, I know. Now, now I'm going back to my roots and we're yes. doing micro weddings again. Yeah. Uh, but then Intrigue was born in 2008, shortly after uh, we actually did that event. You've been in business for 12 years. For 12 years. Wow. Yeah, we started in 2008. So I was talking to a new wedding photographer um, mm -hmm. yesterday and they've been doing it for a year or two. And I asked her, I'm like, well, what's your goal with this? What's your long term? Do you want to develop you know, the empire that's... Right. Coaching and classes and all that, or do you just want to do 20 weddings a year and end up charging a lot and you know have that be your lifestyle? Um, and she's like, Oh, I'm gonna be doing it forever. And I, there's no problem with that. But I, was, I told her, like, You realize that nine out of ten businesses fail within the first 10 years of business. So yeah. the fact that you've been in this for over 12 years is amazing. Congrats! Oh, I don't know, you. I don't know, it's been that long. It's, yeah, it's fabulous. But it's so funny, you started with the corporate. So you're doing all the weekday stuff, and now right. you flipped it. So you're doing the doing all the weekends. you know this the weekend stuff. But do you still engage in corporate events and plan? I think I noticed we, you were doing something with food last. Yeah, fall. yeah, we do. We so we love the corporate world as well. I mean, the weddings are great, but corporate is like let's write a check and here's kind of what we're thinking. Like go go for it. So it allows for us as you know a design company to really be. Uh, creative in that aspect. So we've done um, stuff with uh, the Today Show, uh, with the Food Network, which is really cool. Um, we have worked with Charleston Food and Wine. We have traveled to California and worked with Newport Food and Wine, um, doing like mini build outs for uh, products to be able to showcase um, and stand out at food shows and, and wine and food festivals like that as well. Yeah, I was going to say that's the festival that happens annually here. Yep in uh, Charleston. I know up in Asheville, I think we're trying to do something like that, but what's been around for longer is the Highlands Food and Wine Festival. Yes. So we brought one of our trucks to, um, to that event, and uh, I, I love I love those because they're, I, I'm a big food and mm -hmm. bev guy, and I just love, you know, when it all culminates, and you have this whole event on yeah. just highlighting those things. Rather than there's an event and then there's a food and bar, it's like the event is <laughs> right. the yeah. food and the bar. So, exactly. Um, so that's that's great. So now, so in regards to your split, like are you 50-50 on corporate and weddings or is it like 75? Yeah, weddings, I would say you know? it's probably like 70-30. Um, yeah. Weddings being on the heavier side. Charleston's market is huge for weddings. We're obviously a destination. We've been named the number one destination in the world for the past couple of years as far as weddings go. Um, but we, with our corporate side, we're definitely kind of growing that back again. Um, we, we love, again, just the creativity that we're allowed to do. We've done a, a couple of big um, corporate retreats. We've worked with Lexus and Ford, um, where it's just like, you know, five days of them getting to do um, events for like incentive packages. So it's like their top 1% um, people who get to come. And that's really cool because we got to have like Nike come and make like custom shoes and for the people that were there. And then we did like a, a painting class. Uh, we had like golf tours and bike bike paths that they could like run around. And, and we hosted that at Palmetto Bluff, which is like a really awesome um, space. So doing stuff like that is, is cool too. Yeah. It, you know, it makes me think if you're doing something corporate, there's less emotion with it, associated sure. obviously, but there's more creative control because they're 
kind of investing in you as the provider of that creativity. The creative mindset, yeah. But with weddings, it's often dictated, right? I mean, you still help them obviously design and um, encapsulate their vision into an event, but but it's emotional, you know. So it's, for, it's like it, I think it's good to have a mix. It we, is. You know, we've yeah. been doing. I'm more like ninety wedding, ninety percent weddings, ten percent birthday corporate. Yeah. Um, and I'm looking to get into more of the corporate stuff simply because, you know, it's, uh, it can be recurring. Um, it's definitely recurring business and partnerships to create. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. And so it's, you can, you know, it's hard to, like, I love working with my couples. I have great, I have great clients, but I have to, uh, fight for every single one, you know, every single lead, every single, you know, and then it, it stops right there yeah. and it's, and it's over with. Um, but I don't know. I've been, I think one of my couples is from San Francisco. Uh, one of my first couples and I said, Hey, let's do a five year <laughs> anniversary reunion, yeah. you know, because a lot of people, because we're so fluid these days are living in all parts of the country, mm -hmm. right? They never live where they grew up anymore yeah. and their friends are moving all over for jobs and sweethearts and all that. And a wedding is not just a, a rite of passage anymore. It's like a gathering for your friends and family that you never get to see, you know, all at sure. once. And, yeah. and that's one of the reasons I'm a big uh, proponent of like the wedding weekend. Mm -hmm. So doing the rehearsal dinner, um, the reception and then the brunch, right? So you get all those interactions and up in Asheville, we have all these summer camps. Mm -hmm. And so doing like a summer camp wedding, I think is so cool, but that's a whole other, that's no, a whole other podcast. We, I know, we won't <laughs> touch too much on it, but we should do a podcast about that because yeah. we have such a, when our clients come to us and they want to do a wedding weekend, it's like, Christmas for us because yeah. we get to celebrate with them all weekend but then we also get to show off like pieces of whatever city that we're in that's really cool and get to work with different vendors but you're right that is a whole other podcast <laughs> but the wedding weekend is a must yeah no it's a lot of fun because um, I think you get to relax a little more mm -hmm. I mean it can be stressful but you, yeah. you get to see people throughout that whereas at a typical reception we're doing you know four to five hours of reception mm -hmm. and half the time they're taking pictures and the other half the time they're having to go to each table and say hi and so and that's what our clients yeah. say like we want them to be able to like also enjoy it like as much as their guests are enjoying it we want them to actually enjoy their wedding and not feel like they're being bombarded every five seconds by everybody who wants to hug and i know maybe bombarded is not the right word but i feel like sometimes emotionally it feels like that yeah. um and it wears them out and then they're like what just happened and i'm like you just got married <laughs> <laughs> so as a planner how do you deal with that how how do you help you know them have that successful day that doesn't feel too stressful but still make sure that everything gets done yeah we so as far as like timeline goes um we're not strict but we're very detailed we want to make sure that after certain moments of things um or events that are happening throughout the day that we're able to pull the couple aside and just give them like a, a minute just be like take a beat for a second um, and one way that we do that is after the ceremony, we'll actually pull them um, to the side. They'll sign their marriage license if they want a glass of champagne or a cocktail, or maybe they haven't eaten since noon. Uh, then we'll have a tray of hors d'oeuvres um, and stuff for them just to say, hey, like this just happened. Enjoy this for, with one another for a second and then go from there. Um, throughout the evening, we typically, I know this is so weird, but we have like little hand gestures with our couples. So if like the bride needs like something or she just wants to be taken away for a, a minute, she's not being rude to her guests. Um, and so she'll be like, oh my goodness, this is my planner. And then she'll kind of wave for me. Um, and at that moment, I know, okay, she needs to go inside for a second. Maybe she wants to just, you know, grab 
her groom or her bride or you know or whatever it is and and just take a minute so um, it's i know it's kind of weird but (laughs) no that makes a lot of sense you know it's just such a complicated not a complicated day but there's so much going on right so many moving pieces and um if one thing goes wrong right or not goes wrong but like if one thing if you have a hiccup it can shift everything else right so having that being able to be dynamic yeah is really for important. sure and um, you always have a plan a b and c yeah yeah <laughs> totally well did you guys have so we have a big because Asheville's so um like we're a lot of our venues are outdoor centric we really worry about the rain um but i don't know the venues here are they there's i feel like there's a lot of indoor centric in, in charleston you still have the, yeah. the out, i mean i'm not saying they're all hotel venues course, right yeah. but um but it's more about the buildings and the history and Asheville. we don't we have some of that but it's more like the barns and the barns and the pavilions and the you know the, the mountain views right yeah. so um what kind of challenges do you guys have when it comes to logistics here in charleston, in charleston. you know I, it's funny, I always call Asheville like our sister city um, because oh. it is, you know, very similar in lots of ways, but also very different um, in ways too. And Charleston definitely has, I would say, 70%, 75% of venues are actually outside. Um, they mm-hmm. do have some indoor, you know, component to them, but with the historical homes and the gardens, um, for, the ma- for the most part, we are doing like tinted receptions. Uh, just with the sizes um, that we typically see on average, you're looking at like 125 to like 175 guest range. Um, and where that works for like cocktail and more like of a social gathering for most of the indoor venues, um, for like seated and dinners and the reception side, um, typically we have to pull in a tent or, or just something of that nature. Um, but there's amazing hotels that are modernized that it's really cool. Um, so if you're not looking for more of that historical vintage um, side, then you have you know a hotel venue um, on the flip side or like the Cigar Factory. It's one of our favorites as well, and that's an indoor venue, which is really cool and the history behind it. Um, so there, there are challenges in the sense of like rain and what does that look like? Um, but you know, there's also challenges with heat (laughs) and what does that look like? We don't have as many challenges with the cold weather like you guys do. Um, but I would say that, you know, we have really awesome vendors that provide misting fans, which actually can decrease your temperature by about 15 degrees or so underneath the tent, which is awesome. Um, Turn that 90 into 75. Exactly. That's pretty good. Like perfect weather. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we, we have those components. Um, actually, last summer, we uh, did an AC unit. So we actually enclosed a tent and brought in AC units um, and did it that way, too. So there's options. It just depends on budget and yeah, <laughs> what you're looking for. Definitely. Well, that, you mentioned the tent thing, and that kind of brings me to something that's become a lot more relevant these days, which is the backyard wedding. Mm-hmm. So I think a lot of people either they can't, you know, officially have their wedding in a venue or they think, oh, we'll just do it in our backyard. Right. And the, the two backyard weddings I've done were, I think, successful. But again, it didn't rain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was there weren't that many people. Right. So you didn't have to deal with parking so much. Right. But, you know, if someone's considering getting married in their backyard, what would you candidly say today recommend yeah um so it's funny we've actually done a lot of private residence homes um and with charleston if some of our um 
couples are local, then they might have family homes uh, here, property here. Um, so we, we definitely go out and honestly we kind of do a survey of the land. I know that sounds so nerdy, but um, we, we make sure that you know with our tent company or whoever is going to be providing coverage that we actually walk the property and find out if there's low levels anywhere. I, I know it sounds so nerdy, um, but we want to know those things because we want to make sure that if we do have a tent up, that if we have to do multiple tents and then we're attaching the tents and there's gutters, then that the water is not going to come inside the tent and then yes. just wash everything away. Um, so there is a lot of like planning and logistics that goes behind it. I'm not saying to scare people away from it. I mean, especially with our new normal and what's going on right now, um, people feel really safe being at their, their homes. But I would say just make sure that either one, hopefully hire a planner to walk you through that or go and talk to a tent company um, yourself and just say, will you come out and look and see what I can fit um, or what we're able to accommodate. Uh, some backyards, though, you can't do a tent. So what is your plan B? You know, if it is a smaller home or um, space and you're having 75 people, uh, what I would think is that if you could even postpone to the next day. It's all your family that is obviously coming. Too many people right now at least probably aren't traveling from out of town or they're driving down. So whether you have it on a Saturday or Sunday, you could kind of look at those options as well. Um, obviously, there's a lot of planning that goes into it, depending on catering and bar and all that stuff. But if it's truly a backyard wedding and you're kind of handling things yourself, then um, then maybe you could look at that. But that's just kind of shifting. Just shift it. Yeah. I mean, and if that's not an option, then um, definitely come up with a rain plan. <laughs> Well, it's funny you mentioned the tent company because I, I feel like some people might think, oh, we'll just get a tent last minute. But a lot of the tents oh, are yeah. pre-booked, right? Because tent companies don't have a million tents. They have five or 10 or 20. I don't know how many they have. Um, and people book them well in advance. For sure. And they, they're not necessarily going to scope it out last minute, right? So with the tent, so that's something to think about. So a lot of the um, tent companies actually do like a rain plan, a rain reserve. So you're not paying for, uh, to reserve the tent, you're not paying 100%. You might pay 35 or 50% is kind of what we mm -hmm. see. So, you know, if you're thinking about doing a backyard wedding, call them, have them come out ahead of time survey, see what your options are. At least you have a game plan and kind of that insurance, um, you know, going forward. Uh, and then just put a rain reserve on it. And then you're not having to completely pay out of pocket, but you have the confidence in knowing that you can have your wedding and you can have it on the day that you wanted, um, even if there is a little rain shower, which they say that that's good luck. I don't, I don't know. I think that's the, the person who told the person that it was raining on their wedding day. Like the first luck. rain wedding yeah, of, in history? Of history. The, the, uh, it's like, it's good luck. Yeah, mother yeah. of the bride said, right. don't worry, honey. It's, <laughs> it's good, good luck. luck. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we had we've had a few rain weddings, and they didn't reschedule. Mm -hmm. They were more indoor, like they had the barn or the converted barn, for sure. Uh, or one of them was a summer camp wedding, and we or I bought <laughs> we I bought a, a ten by twenty tent. So mm -hmm. not the big, not the ones that like a, a canopy tent's what like sixty by thirty or a hundred by. So yeah, like we're talking bit. So this one's right. just a pop up. Mm -hmm. You could get it maybe Target or Walmart or. REI or whatever, um, but it wasn't those 10 by 10, it was 10 by 20. So it allowed enough room from the awning to the truck. But the last one we did, one of the legs got like bent a little bit uh, and I was trying to fold it up in the rain. And eventually I'm like, forget this. I'm just cramming it in the back. We're, you know, I'm gonna recycle that when I get back to Asheville. Um, 
but we did have a, a nice long tent, and it helps because you know the truck can only get so, so close far, to, yeah. to a venue. For sure. Um, so I like the venues. There's one uh, in Brevard, um, in North Carolina, mm -hmm. and they have like a big kind of like. I don't want to call it a patio, but it's just covered. You know, it's like a covered area. So but it's still outside, and you still see the mountains. And so that's kind of like, that was the perfect venue for us. And they built a bar in the venue. And I'm like, oh, great. <laughs> see you later. Oh, uh, But anyway, yeah, rain is definitely something to consider. Uh, and the tent, yeah, I think people, and I don't think they realize how expensive tents are. Uh, yeah. I think they look at venue fees, and don't get me wrong, like, you know, it's, it's sometimes hard to swallow, but... There's a reason why venues cost so much because they have they built out that infrastructure, right? Mm -hmm. If you do a backyard wedding, you might be spending. Um, I feel like I looked up a tent quote and it was like two or three grand yeah. for like an average, not a humongous tent, but like yeah. just maybe like a fifty-person wedding or hundred-person wedding tent, and a bit like a basic venue can cost you know four or five thousand dollars. Right. You know? So you to add that on and it's And you add all the coordination and all of this and all that and it's like, I don't know, sometimes I just don't I want people to understand what it all takes and not yeah. just say, Oh, we're gonna have a wedding in our backyard and we're just gonna have a tent and the table. It's like be fine. <laughs> yeah, there's, right. there's just so much more to think about. Um, and parking, you know, if you're doing a residential when you think you can fit a hundred cars in I your mean, neighborhood? Parking, yeah. also restrooms. I can't yes. tell you how many yeah. issues that we've had with private residents where they don't think through that. And then, you know, they have a hundred guests are going to the restroom in their own house. And what does that look like for, <laughs> for things? So it's, it's definitely one of those things that you want to kind of say, okay, if the way that I look at it is if, I'm showing up to private residence. I look at it as if I'm showing up to grass. Like there's nothing there. Yeah. What do we need to do? What do we need to supply? I don't rely on their power um, for their house. Uh, we will look at generators because you're you're plugging all these light systems or catering systems or whatever you need into a house that is not you know geared for that. Yeah. Um, so I kind of that's the way that we try to plan things out. And if there's things there that's already built in, then then we'll definitely take that into consideration. But I would rather not go to, you know, the father of the couple and be like, so the power just blew. <laughs> what, what, what would you like to do now? We're going to start a fire to cook the food. Right, exactly. Um, which would actually be cool. But, no, I get that. That's yeah. I, that's a good point. Look at the vent or look at the house as if it were a totally bare bones venue instead of relying on any of those systems. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I do have a story about uh, septic and overflowing yeah. so I, I totally know that you need to yeah you, do, you cannot treat it like it's a true venue mm -hmm. um, even though it's a house yeah that makes sense so Chelsea what's your biggest challenge when it comes to either you know the day-to-day -day operation or just kind of overall with the planning business and dealing with clients and everything I gosh so I would say that for us we are just such a open book um, I, I truly just love what I do, whether it is corporate or social or weddings, um, you know, we, uh, Intrigue also does venue management, and so that's a big passion of mine. Um, so there's, there's different challenges depending on what we're facing. I would say that, like, one of the challenges for me is just because I am such an open book and everybody to me is my best friend and I want to get to know you and have that relationship because no matter what type of event that you're doing or what you're working on, um, 
there is some sort of emotional aspect to it. So I think creating boundaries and understanding kind of like what services that we're providing versus what the client's responsible for um, is important. And that's important to, to any business, um, just to kind of make sure that you are setting the tone and that things are very black and white. Um, you know, weddings are very emotional and there's a lot of gray area. <laughs> so we try to try to maneuver through that. Uh, we, I actually, we have a funny story. So we were at, um, a venue in Charleston, uh, the William Aiken house, which is located downtown. It's gorgeous. Um, and we had an Indian wedding, which we love. Um, we actually specialize in those. Um, my family is from all over my one of my brother-in-laws is actually from India and my other brother-in-law is from Colombia, South America. And uh, we, I love the culture. I get so excited about colorful and doing something different and even like intermixing cultures and ceremonies and, and just seeing that diversity is, is super cool. Um, and from a design perspective, I just get to play with fun, bright colors too. <laughs> uh, but uh, we ended up, it was a, so Indian weddings are typically four-day events. It's not just like the day of. And for this particular one, we had two different types of ceremonies because they were from two different places um, in India and the culture and, and the religious um, you know, attributes and things were different. Uh, so we had that. And then there's also all these other parties with the Mindy and then um, the gift exchange. And so we stayed at the William Aiken house. Um, our team did because we were literally got done i think at 2 a.m and then we were starting at 6 a.m the next morning and the family um came in and i'm sorry i'm trying not to giggle my way through this but the family came in and at like 5 a.m like we had literally probably just went to sleep by 3 3 30 by the time that we got all of our like stuff figured out and the family came into the place that we were staying that I had paid for that we were renting um, because some of their personal belongings were there um, at 530 and just jumped up and one of us was sleeping on a couch because we had like a pull-out couch and then we had a bed upstairs and they just kind of looked at her and they just came they, they still came in they did not turn around they did not walk away um, and so one of our other planners was like I, I guess I'm getting up now. <laughs> so I think that like from from that kind of like challenge, one challenge of just like a, a language barrier. I mean, there none of them actually spoke English except for like a, you know very few words. Um, but understanding like how to communicate with them, you know, and and getting kind of our points across. But to just being able to go with it. I mean, we. We got up and we did our thing, and, and the wedding was absolutely beautiful, and the couple was just amazing. But um, but I think being like, you know, the boundaries of this particular location, this belongs to our team, and this belongs to, to you guys. Um, it was it was a rough weekend. Yeah. <laughs> it was like zero sleep. And with that, we had, so we had four events with them, four back-to-back -back days, um, but we actually had another wedding at another location too. So, uh, which is something that we, we don't typically do. Um, the other wedding was actually a reschedule due to some family stuff that was happening and going on. Um, normally when we do wedding weekends, it's like, that's it. We, we do one wedding and, and that's all, but, um, but the family was going through some stuff and so we made it work and, and made it happen. But, uh, I think the, the boundaries, <laughs> setting those boundaries. That's a big challenge. Um, it's, it's kind yeah. of a big challenge. Yeah. But, um, Especially when you come so close with the client. You do. Right? You become your it's, best friend. It's like, you know, you're just hanging out. But and that's something that I, it's funny because as the bar service, I kind of miss out on that connection <laughs> because usually like sometimes I don't even meet the bride and groom. Sometimes it's the father or the 
bride that's hiring me, and maybe they're a younger couple, and they don't even come to the bar, you know? So it's, and I'm like, oh, that kind of sucks, but at the same token, like, you know, we can do three weddings in a day, because I don't have that same connection that you do, like the planners do, and the photographers, you know, it's a lot more intimate. So there's pros and cons to that, you know, because no one writes me thank you letters. (laughs) (laughs) No one's like, Christ, like, you saved their day. (laughs) But the players, the photographers, it seems that it's a much bigger connection, much stronger connection, which, like anything, Mm -hmm. has pros and cons. Yeah, for sure. Uh, We talked a little bit about the backyard wedding, Mm -hmm. you know, perhaps trend because of uh, the pandemic and what's that, what that has created, but I'd like to know if you see any other trends that are unrelated to that um, in regards to, you know, either either the prop, how the day goes or the food and bev or, or venue or whatever. Do you, do you see anything new coming yeah. for 2020 or maybe 2021? Right. There's, I mean, before um, COVID and the um, pandemic hit, um, we were really getting to play around with like some creative stuff. So we're a, a planning company in the sense of we are a boutique, but we really kind of get into the personalities of either our clients or the couple to say, what do you do on a Friday night? Um, what do you, when you go to brunch, like what is your like favorite meal or when you're hungover, what do you love to eat? <laughs> um, just because there's aspects to that, that obviously their friends know because it's not just, you know, a trend or, or something for them. It's what is a trend for them that they do on like a consistent basis. Um, so that we can kind of pull aspects of that into the wedding as well. So as far as, far as trends on like, you know, uh, in industry as a whole, I would say that we were seeing a lot more color, uh, which is really fun because we're getting, you know, we, we love the classic style of the whites and the greens, but at the same time, it's like, how does this really like speak to you? Um, we also were seeing more like social events. So not unless our clients are coming from the North, which it's very traditional for them to do seated dinner. And that's the only option you, a grandma wants a seat and that is it. Um, but we were seeing that they were being that people were being more open to the aspect of doing more of a like a tasting uh, where there's different stations and they're being able to try different foods and we were kind of you know kind of named it as like a taste of Charleston or if you were in Asheville a taste of Asheville what are some cuisines that are really prominent in those areas that people are coming down that they want to try um, and and with that being able to have more of a social aspect so people weren't feeling like they were seated for an hour and a half and then they haven't even got to dinner and dancing and they have like 30 you know or dancing and they have like 30 minutes left of their reception um so kind of like looking at trends of like just how the timeline in the day and the guest experience really was um and then putting our own twist on it to, to really make it work for for the couples in general i agree i, I heard that from a caterer actually mm-hmm. that she saw the uh, different tasting stations becoming yeah. more of a thing. Uh, I personally love that because I'm a big variety. I don't I like know. the traditional, you know, starch veggie protein. Right. Like that's really, you know, not me. I like the, you know, the tapas bar. See, <laughs> like I am obsessed with tapas. Yeah. I, anytime that our clients are like, we want to do like, or if, if they do want to do a seat at dinner, which we are having to lean a little bit more towards now just because of the pandemic and what's happening. Oh, yeah. um, but we're doing like tasting, like tasting dinner. So it's, Instead of doing like your traditional seafood, meat, and protein, yeah. um, we're doing like little mini tapas um, plates so that they're getting to try 
six different plates, but smaller portions, but that's like super fun. So um, yeah, I'm with you. I'm a tapas girl all the way, or else I'm just going to have requests for everybody to share with me at the table. <laughs> <You> <laughs> they might exactly. not like that, but uh, oh, I do. I would think of my sister, whenever she gets something, I've, I'm always jealous of it. And I always, and then you Zoe, try. give me some. Right. <laughs> really, can we split it? <laughs> she never does. <laughs> I have to like just ask for leftovers when she's done with it, which is fine by me. Um, so, as a planner, what does the process look like for you working with a new client? Do they, you know, I know Charleston's a big destination mm-hmm. wedding location. So, are, is it always on the phone? Are people, you know, flying in and meeting with you here in yeah. the studio? Uh, do you go meet them for lunch? You know, what does that process look like? So we. Before COVID, mm-hmm. um, it was very much it, like a mixture of a lot. You know, sometimes when you had mentioned that you might not even see your couple, sometimes we don't even get to see them until like three or four months ahead of time. We had all this planning and communication, whether it's Zoom calls or conference calls or just emails. Um, we actually have a really amazing software program too um, that we are able to give our clients logins and it's updated in real time. So everything is at their fingertips from their budget to a huge master checklist, which can be a little overwhelming, um, to a design studio. We love Pinterest, but at the same time, it's kind of like, you can go down a rabbit hole. I can't tell you how many clients have been like, Chelsea, I was drinking a bottle of wine. I pinned that. I don't know why. <laughs> and so it's, you know, kind of walking them through like their, their design and, and making it cohesive and, and being able to take things that they like, but also making it their own. Um, and then there's with budget and then guest list and seating chart. I mean, like it just has everything and then they can access it from anywhere, um, which is super cool. So being able to have that opportunity if they are in California, cause none of our couples, you know, live here. There is a destination for the majority of them. We probably had maybe like a handful this past year. Um, but most of them are in California or they might be in Florida or Texas or New York or Washington. And so since we don't get to, to see them on a regular basis, um, you know, having that software is really awesome. And then from there, if they come in town, we typically ask for about two days to, to go through final details and do like the floral meetings and the tasting meetings and the walkthrough. Um, we've done a lot of like FaceTime. So I've been at the venue or been at a meeting and we've done FaceTime and, and done it virtually um, that way too. Uh, and then from there, it's just, they fly in for the weekend and, and our job is just for them just to be able to fly in and show up. You know, that's kind of like our motto. Like we want you guys just to arrive and be in the moment and enjoy the, the weekend, um, as we kind of just, you know, scurry behind the scenes and take care of the details. So we want to see our clients as much as possible because we do want that interaction with them. But, um, for the limited time that they can take off work and typically get down here, um, it's a little bit of both. So online phone calls, emails, um, virtuals, and that's about it. Well, it's, yeah, it's interesting you say that about the, have them just fly in and do their thing because mm-hmm. I too have a lot of destination couples. And one of the things I tell them is like, you don't have to worry about a thing. Like I will pick up those kegs. I will, we'll bring everything, you know? Yeah. And they're like, is there going to be a bartender? I'm like, yeah, it's full, it's a full <laughs> service bag. It's like, I'm not making you guys like right. do anything yeah. except pick the drinks, you mm-hmm. know? So and I also do tastings, which I really enjoy. The private we yeah, I cannot wait to see your tasting room. So, I am so uh, excited. It's cool. It's like a little. It's like a. I don't want to say bachelor bed. It's, <laughs> it's like a little like kind of like a man cave, a living room, and there's a sheepskin there. So oh, good. yeah, it's it's, it's cool. homey. It's like it's your yeah. it's your backyard tasting room. Your yeah. tasting room. 
Exactly. And all the trucks are in the background, so you're just sitting there on the couches and you can see the trucks. Um, yeah, I did one on Saturday. It was a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And they were coming in from Florida. So yeah, we have a lot of, a lot of Florida, a lot of, um, only one California so far. Mm -hmm. Um, California to Asheville is a, kind of an interesting, you know, Dynamic, California yeah. to Charleston I could see, but Asheville, right. I don't know. Because uh, a lot of people are coming from LA. Yeah. And LA and Charleston are more, have more in common. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I could see that. It's true. So I'll, I'll be totally honest. When I first started this business, I reached out to like 10 planners in Asheville. None of them got back to me. And I was trying to present it in a sense of, this is something you can offer your clients. I wasn't asking to be on any preferred vendor list. I wasn't trying to, you know, ask for anything. I was, sh I was trying to show them, like, look, like, there's no other mobile bar in Asheville that looks like this. Um, there, I was the first rig. You know, we had other mobile bar companies, yeah. but I was the first rig, and, and I defined a rig as either a, a truck, a camper, or a horse trailer mm -hmm. um, as a mobile bar. And so I was like, hey, this is great for the, your couples that are getting married in their backyard or in the woods or wherever. And none of them got back to me, and I was like, all right, well, I have to switch gears. So I went to venues. Mm -hmm. And that made more sense yeah. um, because a lot of venues are bare bones up there. Uh, but but I'm, the reason I'm saying that is because as a we're kind of flipping it to like for the vendors that are listening to this, as a new vendor, what's the best way to get started? Because I know it's not that asking to be on a preferred right. list when you haven't even worked together. Like that's ridiculous. And I, I did not do that. But how do you you know? And everyone's like, well, we want to see, we want to work with you before we refer you and. You know, how do you recommend someone get in? Because you've been in it for a while, so you've seen, I'm sure, a lot of vendors come and go. I've seen, I, I bet you've seen some do it right and some do it wrong. Right. So as someone who's been around um, in the industry, you know, I don't want to call you a veteran because that's a weird <laughs> word, <laughs> but you know what I mean. Yeah, it's, yeah. So do you have any advice for, for those new vendors that are trying to enter and think they have something, mm -hmm. you know, special to offer? Um, that want to get started? I would, yeah, I mean, I would say for us, it's like that personal connection. Like, instead of just maybe picking up the phone and calling or emailing, maybe um, if you do pick up the phone, then say, hey, you know, this is a service that I'm offering. I would love to talk to you about it. Um, I also have a little gift for you. Do you mind if I drop it off and spend five minutes with you? Or um, would you mind meeting me for coffee? Love to give your team something. Uh, can we spend, you know, a few minutes together? I think that making it more emotional between vendors, because I mean, you work with people who you want to be with, you know, you're spending your weekends uh, together. So you want to have that friendship and that connection, as well as knowing that they have a really good product or service that they're offering and that they're going to be taking care of your clients as well. Um, so I find that that's been very helpful, just getting to know them on more of a personal level than being like, I have this truck. I want to work with you and then that's it. So it's just, it's kind of emotionless. So, um, I would say yeah. doing that, like, you know, really kind of just reaching out meeting. Now some planners might not have like an office space like we, like we mm -hmm. do where you can actually go to. Um, so we've had people who have asked us just, Hey, will you come out for a cocktail or can we meet for coffee? And yeah. even though it does take a little bit more out of their day to do that, if they don't have a space that you can go to, you're, you're giving them something before asking for something, you yeah. know, if that, may, if that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. I just didn't want to ask out all the wedding planners as, a, <laughs> as, as one of the only straight single guys in the wedding industry. I was like, I don't know if that's appropriate. Well, then for but, like, just 
just being like, hey, I'd love to mail you something. Because yes. I mean, that's a great yeah. point. That is a great point. I mean, I'd be like, so we're so like, yeah, sure. And then I'd be like, yeah, let's go out for cocktails and drinks. I don't even think two things about it. Um, but no, yeah, I would say that then finding out how you could mail them a package that had information on what you're offering. Um, maybe you do, uh, like, for example, for you, you could do like a little mini bottle with, um, you know, some sort of glassware if you wanted to, or a cup that had your logo on it, uh, and then an information packet of, of the service that you're offering. So the, the product or the gift that you're delivering is something that you would offer. Um, relevant. Re relevant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Not just a box of chocolates. Right. Exactly. <laughs> Not like, I mean, if you're a chocolate company, right, you yeah, do that. For sure. <laughs> but I think that's a good point because when I sent out the packages to these planners, it was like a three page letter, mm -hmm. a big font, but three pages and pictures of the trip. Mm -hmm. You know, so I wanted to be enticing, but I did lack the gift. So I, I think that's a great point. Um, and now that I do. Now, now I'm more in tune with that. So I'm actually picking right. up my, uh, it's, it's not totally related, but it is, I'm picking up my client gifts, which are a one year anniversary yeah. present um, for my last year clients. Right. So I'm getting, I'm getting into the gift thing because it does, yeah. you know, it makes it sense. Just makes, yeah, you know, it just makes it personal. And also for, I think people have to step back and uh, put themselves in someone else's shoes. So as a new vendor, they have to look at you as someone whose time is valuable, right, and and you've probably had a lot of vendors that didn't stack up, right, and so you're not jaded, but you know, you're like you you've had experience in it, so you're not like, yeah, come on, new vendor, like let's okay. spend a let's let's go spend two hours, you know, sure. chatting, and, and, yeah. yeah. So I think that I think new vendors um, have to realize that people's time is valuable. Yeah. So considering that when reaching out, um, something that. Like one thing that we did for our corporate clients is like we're in the same boat when we're trying to reach out and get new corporate um, clients or even for our couples, we had um, little candles made. I mean, who doesn't want a candle in their house or at their um, at their office? So doing something that is relatable, whether it's masculine or feminine, you know, just making sure that, that you're doing that. But even now with like your tasting room, you could host a networking event for all the planners and just be like, hey, it's free. Come on in. Love to show you the space. Um, and I mean, if it's like Charleston, anyone wants an excuse to go and have a cocktail somewhere. So, uh, so doing yeah, something like, like that as well. You guys like to bring that here. I learned that. Yeah. Well, I see you still haven't tried uh, my cocktails on tap, have you? I know. No. So we this is that. why we have to do this. I know. <laughs> we're going to make it a point. And then we'll do another podcast about wedding weekends while we're drinking cocktails. Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> I love it. So... What do you wish you knew when you started? So when you were oh a new vendor, you know? Everything. <laughs> um, no, I, so starting out, I, we do a, um, an internship program with the College of Charleston that I've been doing for about eight years. And I love that interaction. I wish that when I had started the business, it wasn't because some client, well, not that I, I wish this because I really love it. I love this story and I love how I got here mm -hmm. because it's made me very humble and appreciative of, of how the business has grown. But um, I wish I would have had someone to kind of guide me, to, to teach me the ropes. And so I didn't have to mess up so many times mm -hmm. until, I, until we got here. But um, looking back, though, I mean, it's just everything happens for a reason. I... Again, kind of going back to like those boundaries, knowing how to set those boundaries and maybe learning that a little bit earlier on. Um, also knowing your value and just when you're starting out, people tend to 
not not step back on like their pricing and the way that they're structuring but like know that your time is is worth what your time is worth and i think that that was a big lesson for me to learn as well it's just a, i wanted because i am so i want to help everybody and i want to do everything um that just knowing that there are like guidelines and things but just knowing like what your value is and, and what your worth is moving forward um i any other really like challenges or things that I, I wish I would have known? I mean, it would be more from, so from like just like a business owner. Mm -hmm. I, it's not really like event related, but getting into like the nitty gritty of like being a business owner and what does that look like? Um, having started my business so young, I it took me what probably would take someone a year or two to learn. It took me four years in my first company to really be able to establish um, things so that been starting intrigued four years later in, in 2008 like it, it definitely gave me a sense of um what to do and what not to do but yeah, yeah. um well i had a thought uh yesterday popped in my head there's a lot of business owners in the wedding industry mm -hmm. but they're not all business people, people right and i think that you know your strengths and weaknesses of that yeah for sure. and i think that's a big thing i also started kind of randomly you know my mm -hmm. business and it wasn't I wasn't guided. I didn't have a mentor or anything right. like that. And, um, and I learned pretty quick. So I don't, you know, I don't think it's always necessary. But a lot of people romanticize careers mm -hmm. and jobs and other things. And yeah. so they think, oh, being a wedding planner is X, Y, and Z yeah. when it's really A, B, and C. You know, right. <laughs> they don't really understand that you've got to you're not going to be wearing high heels just pointing, delegating. You're going to be, like, in the nitty-gritty, like, doing stuff sometimes. Yeah. And I've, I've listened to other, you know, wedding podcasts and, and heard that mm -hmm. uh, sentiment, you know. So I think mentorship or internships is very powerful, not only from the being able to get to work with someone who's been around doing it, doing that actual work for a while, but also testing it Getting, out. Seeing it, you being know? on the front lines of it, for Exactly. Sure. And I just love experiment, experiential education mm -hmm. you know because you get that firsthand experience and yeah i think we think of a lot of jobs it's like if you like think about being an astronaut you're probably like oh yeah i'd love to go to space it's like no that's one yeah. percent of what <laughs> you actually do you yeah. know and, and being doing the mobile bar thing it's like the bartending is 10 percent of everything i do you know yeah. there's the maintaining the trucks and hauling them and the meeting clients and instagram and all that stuff and, and the marketing and yeah, yeah there's sure. so much more to any business and i think anytime you can get in um and, and test it out before investing all that you know right. because in the first couple of years of business you if you actually look at the numbers you usually don't make much money at all oh. you know <laughs> yeah. and so before going on that venture and then realizing a couple years later like oh i just spent you know 10 or 20 grand on, on this business that, this. that wasn't really a good fit yeah. doing something with someone who's, who's been around and getting to the feel for it i think it's really important so that's i'm announcing my internship program so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just that's awesome. um, intern with price i love it that's yeah uh, i don't know no, i mean you're totally right i would say that from Learning, I always knew that I wanted to be a business owner just from, you know, even at a very young age. Like my, my family is entrepreneurs. My dad's an entrepreneur. He gets into crazy stuff, but he can't sit still. Um, I've at least kept the same path for the past 12 years. But uh, I, I've always known that I wanted to go that route because not only of the flexibility that it does offer you in your, in your life, but then being that creative person that I am, um, I didn't want anyone to hold and have strings on me. I wanted to be able to, to do my own thing. So, um, I, yeah, I mean, as far as like 
challenges and things that you learn, I mean, I'm continuing to learn. And you are in the trenches. You are, I'm not looking at things that need to be moved or or changed if I have the ability to go over and do that. We're doing that. Our staff is doing that. Um, we're lifting the tables with the rental companies. We're moving the chairs. So it, there is that romanticize it um, idea that isn't all wedding. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so we're in Charleston right now. Uh, what do you love most about this city? Oh my gosh. So I, I will say, like, so Asheville and Charleston are are both of our homes. We mm-hmm. we love to go up and explore Asheville, and then coming, but I always do love coming home too. Um, the culture that's here is amazing. The history here is awesome. I know with everything going on right now, there's, um, there's change that's happening, which is really, which is really cool. Um, but I do love the, the aspect of like what Charleston has in the sense of like, it's a foodie town. There's so there's always something to do. Um, the music scene's really cool here. Uh, I, I'm a beat. I have to be by the water. Like, I mean, my day is off. I would love to go on the boat and just hang out, kind of have that serenity, um, you know, life and, and being able to, or go to Asheville go hiking is something that I love too. But, um, I just, I think that this, the town just feels like home. It just, it really just kind of feels like home. So there's a lot of different aspects, um, yeah. of Charleston that I do love. And I, you went to college Charleston, right? Or so no, I actually no. moved. Um, so I went to Clemson, uh, and then oh, go Tigers. Go Tigers, that is a thing. Um, it's funny though, and anyone who's a Clemson fan slash a USB fan that's listening to the podcast might yell at me. But um, so I grew up in Greenville, uh, South Carolina, and then uh, on a mountain, uh, Paris Mountain, and then went to Clemson for my first year. I had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, I went honestly. I went to Clemson because all my friends were going to Clemson. It wasn't really the like. I mean, I've grown up being a Clemson fan, but it wasn't like the school that I was like this. I have to go here. I mean, they're like an engineering school, so it's it's not. It wasn't really my path. But um, but all my friends were going there, and, and I wasn't ready to lose that quite yet. Um, and then my parents decided to move to Hilton Head uh, and took my little sister, and she was eighth grade going into ninth grade. And she kind of just had like a mental breakdown, I think, because she was leaving all of her friends and she was starting high school. Such a crucial time. Such a crucial time. Um, So my parents uh, were like, will you please move to Hilton And I'm like, seriously? (laughs) I was, you know, a freshman in college. I wanted to to hang out. But um, my sister was kind of struggling. So I said, okay. So I I left Clemson, moved to Hilton Head. Um, USC had just opened up a campus there. Uh, and so I transferred over to USC and um, got my business degree from there and then started my company, my first business, about eight months after I moved there. So wow. a lot of transitions. Uh, but, yeah. but you've been in Charleston for... But I've been in Charleston since 2000. So we moved um, the end of 2007, beginning of 2008. And then I started, um, sold my business, my first business in 2007 and then started Intrigue in November of 2008. Got it, got it. Yeah, I love Charleston. I, for me, it's um, it seems to have a lot of food culture, it's which I appreciate. It's you know, we have always changing. Yeah, yeah, we have good food up in Asheville, and we compared to a lot of towns and cities across the U.S. Because <laughs> I've traveled a bunch, and I can appreciate that about Asheville. But um, but Charleston, I feel like there's a little more focus on like the historical, that's for sure, culture, Southern culture mm-hmm. food. So. 
uh, that's something that I want to explore more of. Yeah, more and Charleston's time. such a big advocate for, um, you know, preserving that. There's so yeah. many, like, historical homes that if you want to change anything in Charleston down to, like, your front door, you have to get approval. Um, <laughs> if you if you live downtown, uh, uh, yeah. our from our venue side, our venue management um, and consulting um, company, we have worked with two historical um, foundations and uh, venues at this point and they've won um, huge awards for the preservation uh, from the Horticultural Society of what they've been able to do and how they've been able to outfit the houses to return them back to as close to their original state which is so cool to be able to step back in time and, yeah. and see that. Was Jackson Cottages? Jackson Cottages was one um, so our which is you know where we had our, our event that she came and helped us out with our mm -hmm. big grand opening so Jackson Cottage was one and then um, 159 Relage was another yes, one. That's the other one yeah that's awesome. Um, Chelsea we're about out of time I <laughs> but I want to ask you one last question. Okay. Uh, do you have anything in the works for the future? So many things. Uh, my marketing um, director would probably kill me <laughs> by talking about all this, but we do. So obviously everyone's like pivoting right now um, with what's happening. Uh, and as we mentioned kind of at the beginning, we've, we've always been an advocate for micro weddings and intimate weddings because there's just something about that that we really love. Um, so we are launching a um, the lovely elopement, which is going to be an all-inclusive package for couples. So literally videographers, photographer, cake, rentals, venue, everything that you could possibly need to get married um, for about 20 people or so. Um, so we're working on packages for that. Hopefully that'll be launching next week. Um, so we'll tag you guys so you, you can uh, share it with your followers. Um, and then we started about two months ago when this initially had all kicked off, um, Virtually Wed. So it is a um, virtual consulting program that we have that if anyone is lost or confused or not sure really what to do right now and they they didn't have a planner or maybe they're working with a venue that was kind of like an all-inclusive venue that had an in-house coordinator. Um, the in-house coordinator is obviously going to have the venue's best interest because that's who's paying their bills. Um, so we want to provide a lifeline to those people who are just, you know, I'm not sure what to do. Should I reschedule? I have rescheduled. Now what do I do? My guest count's going down. So, I mean, just to, to give them the tools, um, you know, through the planning software uh, program that I was kind of chatting about earlier, uh, to say, here's a checklist. Um, we'll review all their contracts. We'll get a game plan for them um, and then hand it over so that they can move forward confidently knowing that they're they're making the right decision. So um, virtually what thing is something that we're very, very happy and, and proud of and hopefully it'll help couples to settle into this new norm that we're all in. Well, I think that a lot of couples don't realize how important a planner is until something until goes wrong. Know. You know, and, I, and I thought that too when I started. I was like, what are all these, what do these planners actually do? You know, I was naive. Right. I just I was like, because yeah. I never got married. I only been to a few weddings. I'm like, what do they actually do? And then I, you know, a bunch of stuff went wrong yeah. at this one wedding because it was totally DIY. And I'm like, oh, that's why. That's why. Because they tell... <laughs> Uncle Bob not to park on the one-way street so that I can't get yeah. out and set up or they do they make sure there's a porta potty so the septic tank doesn't overflow like right. there's a big <laughs> reason why planner it's a there's an actual industry of yeah. wedding planning For so sure. um 
So yeah, just shout out to all the couples that do not have a planner right now. Please get one. Yeah, please get one. Yeah. Or um, at least someone that can guide you. I mean, even with our virtual web, um, we are working with couples who have day of planners, but the day of planner might not think of all the things because they are just there to come set up and then move on. They're a coordinator, right? Right, they're, they're not, a coordinator. They're actually planning. planning yeah. So yeah, we're totally. working with couples who and their planner or their coordinator on how to maneuver that situation as well. So yeah, I get it. I mean, at least talk to somebody. I mean, I, we say, I mean, our consultations, our initial consultations are free. So it doesn't matter if you have a thousand dollar budget or if you have a half a million dollar budget, like you can still call and chat and have that initial comfort, that consultation. And I believe a lot of planners are that way. Um, that initial chat um, typically is free. So at least get a peace of mind and, and go that direction. Yeah, just to reiterate, um, a wedding consists, it's an event that consists of between, it could be between 10 and 15 different vendors, okay. right, on average. For sure. And that doesn't happen anywhere else. Yeah. Like if you go to if, if you go to a concert, you know, there's maybe a, a few vendors orchestrating the whole thing. Mm -hmm. But I feel like a wedding is so unique in that you have a lot of people who don't always work together mm -hmm. and that are having to synchronize and create a fluid experience for your guests right and a planner helps all that um makes makes all that happen right? yeah so sure. like i had the, the that same wedding i just kind of mentioned um where some things went went off uh the caterers took my table like i had set up i didn't have the wooden bar at the back then this was almost two years ago i just had a folding table and they took it to set up on right and i was like well, where's now what am <laughs> i gonna table, use right? you know and so a planner would have would have taken care of that. Right. You know? and, and I just think that, or a good one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, just kind of, you know, on an ending note, uh, there's a lot of things that can go go wrong. There's and a there's, lot of chefs you know, in the kitchen. Yeah, And so totally. you need someone to kind of be that lead of saying, okay, this is you, this is you, this is you, this is you, and, and divide up from there just so everybody understands what their responsibilities and what yes. the expectations are. Yeah. And again, I mean, we've said emotion like 500 times with weddings, but there's just also a lot of emotion that runs that day. Everybody's, you know, emotions, even the vendors are very high because this is a once in a lifetime day. Mm -hmm. You're not going to, you can't redo this. Yeah. So just making sure that like people are communicating and, and on the yeah. same page is, is extremely important. And exactly. players are, are there for that. So, yeah. Yeah. And by the way, that wedding went, went well. Right. <laughs> yeah, I want to go back like that. I was thinking in my head, you know, that was a beautiful wedding. It was great. There's some things where, um, and she was great. The bride was, you know, she was great. We adapted as needed to be, as needed to be. But, um, yeah. After that wedding, I'm like, oh, I, now I get it. I get it. I get it. <laughs> uh, oh, well, thank you. Chelsea, thank you so much yeah. for your time. It's been great um, hanging out and talking wedding industry with you. Uh, look forward to you seeing the tasting room, and I hope we can do another event here at Jackson Cottages someday. Yes, for sure. And if uh, people want to find you, I'll put the link to your website. And is the virtual wed all through intrigue so it's so, all through intrigue okay. yeah so okay. if you um our website's just get dash intrigue.com um i whenever i was creating it i just wanted something that was going to excite people um so get dash intrigue.com we're on instagram at get intrigued as well but um from the website you can maneuver to all of our our different areas so all the things we talk yeah about. yeah awesome well thanks again Michelle, for your time and i look forward to seeing you again soon yay thank you